What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fiends Podcast, episode number six, 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 five, four, three, two, one. I'm Larry, this is Nick, and we are one half of the band Fiends. If you want to support this podcast, you can help us out by following us on social media. That's facebook.com slash the fiends podcast, Instagram at the fiends podcast, and over on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fiends TX. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to John from Pulsus. He was on the show last week. We had a great conversation with him. And actually, what I got out of that was um, perceptions, right? So, how we perceive ourselves is not always the same how our peers perceive us. And uh, I think that was very apparent when we were talking to him. And it was very cool because we got to hear like his musical influences and like what drove him to like want to start a band and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I felt like I felt like I was talking to like a younger version of myself. A lot of the things that he was saying, I could relate to it like so much. So that was very cool. And yeah, he's a super cool guy. Yeah, so go support support <clears throat> his band. They have a lot of new stuff that's coming out in 2021. So that'll be cool to kind of see what what they have. Um, we're we're gonna be having some more guests in the next year, some more interviews with some local musicians or independent content creators, like just different people we want to have a wide a smorgasbord that's a good word mm-hmm. just a, a smorgasbord of mm-hmm. of different people from different walks of life and but definitely more band people hopefully we're not asking the, the same generic questions that you know everybody asks like how do you start a band or what is the naming <laughs> like hopefully we can go a little bit more in depth and pick people's brains do and, you remember that show on uh well it was fuse or before fuse it was mmusa oh yeah uranium <laughs> back in the day remember the show uranium of course so that was a good show and i remember i used to like think that julia was so cool because she would like interview all these bands and then like if i watch some of those clips on youtube she has some stupid ass questions like uh, i never even thought about that yeah like she's like like i don't want to say anything mean but i just get annoyed <laughs> with some of the stuff that she asks bands and i'm just like no why are you asking that i think i was so like disillusioned by like oh this is a hot metal chick asking questions like at the time that i was just yeah and then she always made it a point to tell everybody that she her first uh, time of intercourse was to um uh guns and roses appetite for destruction oh that's a terrible she would she would like say that in so many interviews that i got to the point where it's like i don't want to know that like i I, even if that were true i don't think i would publicly say that that's kind of can you imagine like getting down oh i'm gonna i'm gonna oh yeah okay you got any morbid angel Uh, yeah, you like that. <laughs> Bow to me faithfully. Actually, that'd be badass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ed, Ed, <laughs> these are the conversations that we're bringing you every week, every single Friday on the Fiends podcast. So if you like, uh, uh, <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick is I've had a couple of people tell me um in private that that they started jogging because of the episode that we did or other people like it really resonated with them when we were talking about like transformation and discipline and all that stuff so i think that's very cool uh to hear that's that's good news man that's really good um also for me um just putting this out there because i think it's important that we pat ourselves on the back every once in a while but Last week for me was a very difficult, rough week. Had all these negative thoughts, and I did um, I did my first um, half marathon. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I had told myself that I wanted to do six months ago, and it's actually something that I thought 
that was going to take me another few months of uh, training or something that I wouldn't get to in 2021. But I was probably feeling at my lowest and, and I decided to challenge myself and I decided, let me shoot for that eight miles. And then I got to eight and I was like, let me shoot for that 10. And then when I, once I was at 10, I was like, I might as well just keep going. Yeah. And once you, did, once you get to 10, what's three more? You know? I was like, this is the closest I'm going to get to my goal. So I might as well shoot for that. And if I get it, that that's even better because I ended on a high note. So that was very, very um, important to me to do that because it's an intention that I set out six months ago and I did it and I, and I pushed myself and I, to do something I didn't know that I could do. So that's a little personal thing on me. So congrats, dude. You did it, bro. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Um, I mean, I probably won't do that for, for a while. It's I'm going to, I'm going to email Disney channel and I'm going to shoot them a pitch for a Disney channel, original movie based about you. <laughs> And it's going to be you're you're going to be a kid in a high school who's really into chess and computer games. And I'm going to be the jock character that just makes fun of you. And it's always just going to cut back to you in your room with like, I don't know, Orgy and Primer 55 posters on your wall. I'll never be able to do anything. Well, and then one of those like multicolored then, uh, Apple yeah, Macintosh and then, computers. And then there's going to be a guy who just like has a random lawn service who just like happens to work outside of your house and sees you pouting. And he motivates you to start running because he was a former professional runner. And then you decide to take on your first unofficial half marathon and do it. And you prove me wrong. And I give you my letterman jacket and put it around your shoulders and be like, you're part of the team now, bro. And then we're friends. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's very specific <laughs> specific movie. I made all of that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like a Disney Channel original movie where I get like leg transplants. <laughs> and then you have to run. Of like, of like, like cheetah legs. <laughs> it's called like Cheetah Boy. Cheetah Boy. <laughs> And I'll be I'll be the guy who's like trying to prove to the world that you're part cheetah, but nobody believes me. No, no, I like I like the jock character that uh, made fun of me at first, but then has to like eat shit at mm -hmm. the end. He's yeah. like, hey, he ain't that fast. And you can and you steal my girlfriend away from me, but I'm okay with it. And my name will be Chaz because that's a total Chaz thing to do. Yeah, and in this and your movie your name will be like Simon or like teddy something dumb like that <laughs> and in this movie i don't have like i don't wear pants it's just the <laughs> cheetah legs on the bottom half you, you carry a bag of cheetos everywhere you go I, I i start so like once i i get this transplant i would assume that i'd become more confident and it would change my personality like teen wolf yeah, and so I start, like, acting out bad. I get an ego to mm -hmm. me. So I'm thinking, like, yeah, I probably wear a leather jacket and, like, shades. Mm -hmm. I, I look like Chester Cheetah. Yeah. And, so your name will be Chester. And then, like, the girl character who gets with you because you're more confident sees that you're turning into a real asshole. And she's like, Chester, I don't know even know who you are anymore. And then she comes back with me, Chaz. And then you steal her away at the very end, but I'm okay with it because I realized that y'all are a better couple than I would ever be with her. And and through this process, I realized that it wasn't the cheetah legs that made me confident or fast. I had cheetah legs inside me this whole time. Yeah, exactly. These are great ideas. But on a, back to the original thing, I actually am really proud of you, dude. Congrats, oh. bro. <laughs> Oh yeah, back to the original thing. Uh, <laughs> no, no, for real. That, I'm really, I was really stoked for you that you did that. That was killer, man. Yeah, and thank you. And and so that was that was cool to hear that that other people um, maybe challenged themselves by something that we said. And by no means are are we like you know, you know, you can accomplish whatever you want. Like all I can do, and my goal, especially in this next year, is just to live as transparent as i can be and that doesn't mean you know i need to share everything with everyone at all times but if i can
be a little bit more honest about myself and maybe say the things that I'm thinking or or the things that I want to pursue. And if that transparency leads somebody else to be like, well, I can do that. Or that thing that I was putting off, like, mm-hmm. if this person did it, I can I can make the effort to do it. Yeah. If it has a ripple effect, I think that's, that's, that's a cool. positive for everybody. I mean, we're not trying to be Tony Robbins over no. here, but I mean, like... If, if we can just share our own experiences and that helps somebody, cool. Um, if, and, if, and if it doesn't, then at least you let me rant for a few minutes about something that I was feeling at the moment. And that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Exactly. I actually have a big surprise this week. Uh, we've had cameos from other people. But I actually arranged to have very special guests uh, come in and sing uh, an original Christmas song, especially for the podcast. So without further ado, everybody give it up. He's a filmmaker, musician, frontman, Mr. Rob Zombie. No fucking way. <laughs> Rob, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Before you show us the song that you made for our podcast, uh, if you don't mind, I want to ask you a couple questions. Like, um, Are you a big fan of Christmas? Yeah. Are, are you working on any movies in 2021 hey yeah could you tell us something about any of these projects that you're working on yeah 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 does, does that mean like yes you can tell us yeah all righty i guess uh performing an original christmas song for the fiends podcast without further ado Mr. Rob Zombie, take it away. I'll be red man, a big bag in his hand, full the talking trucks and the barbie dolls. Rudolph run, he plants a fitted dunk, got my candy cane, bonuses. Claws. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are you just doing Living Dead Girl? No. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure that you're just doing Living Dead Girl. No, I'm not. Go on. Fucking bells, I'll freak up on the hills. No silent night at my north pole. Naughty or nice, I won't be checking twice and slam in the back of my drag you love. Now you're doing Dragula? That was, this is just Living Dead Girl, you're doing Dragula. This is not original. Christmas Everybody give it up for Rob Zombie. Thank you, Mr. Rob Zombie, for that original Christmas song. Yeah. Thank you. So we're releasing this episode on Christmas Day. And actually, you don't even like Christmas. Mm -mm. Not really. Man, you're you're such a Scrooge. Yeah, they should change your name to Jim Carrey, because you're a Grinch. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> no, because you're a liar, <laughs> liar. Because I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> you're wearing the mask. <laughs> I always found that interesting that that you just hate the holidays, and I always wondered why. Uh, I just think it brings out a bunch of fake shit in people. Just people pretending to be happy and they're really not. And everybody wearing these bright colored shirts and these their stupid Christmas pajamas and singing a bunch of dumb songs. I mean, that's cool if that's how you are year round. But some of these folks who are just like, oh, I'm getting into the Christmas spirit. I'm like, weren't you just like, you know, being an asshole on Instagram like no- November 23rd? <laughs> you know, weren't you just like like taking videos of you like just 
being weird and just rude and talking shit and then now i'm supposed to believe that you're just so into this mariah carey song oh the worst my my neighbors have had an a christmas tree on <clears throat> their on their balcony and this inflatable grinch thing and they had it like at the beginning of november <clears throat> that's two whole months and also if you look at their their wreath is like a grinch inspired like christmas wreath mm-hmm <clears throat> It's just, it's a little too much. Um, I'm not very fond of the holidays either. Um, it's just, it just, it's kind of a weird time. Um, so my way of kind of like getting through those is just by treating it like any other day. And also like, I don't know, I guess the older you get, it kind of is another day. Unless you have like... No, that's how it is for me, man. Like, I don't care if I get anything for Christmas. But, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> Like it doesn't like it's not I don't, like you're gonna get I don't I don't tell like people that. you know people are like oh I can't wait to make my shop my uh, Christmas list and I'm gonna tell this person that I, that I want this I hope my hubby knows I want this man I'm sure you told your husband or your spouse whatever all year round what you fucking want so I mean I'm sure that if they don't get it for you for Christmas they'll probably get it for you some other month <laughs> like and if you don't already have it like come on. Like I just, but also I'm a simple person. I don't need a lot of stuff. Now, does that change now that you have? Oh yeah, I have to like I have to put on the front like oh happy Merry Christmas, you know. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna be excited to see my my daughter like involved in Christmas. uh, But I mean, like it's not it's about her. But I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna go out of my way to boycott the holidays. It's not even a matter of like I I hate the holidays are just like i just don't really care i want to follow up on this like in a couple years to see if like your mindset has changed now that you have a kid it's funny because like um you know we i'm gonna piss off some people here but like we have some friends who like take like family pictures in their christmas like pajamas (laughs) and i told my wife you better not fucking ever expect me to do that because i will not (laughs) i'm never going to take pictures in pajamas in your jammies nope Mm-mm. that's a little too extra. it's too it's too much for me i just i'm not gonna do it and and it's it's so weird because like i remember having such like fond like child memories of christmas and it was always like a cool time and uh my parents always like made such a big effort to make sure i had the things that i needed and, and i always felt bad because there was like years where my parents would feel bad that they weren't able to get me like a bunch of gifts. And that always made me feel terrible. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't need anything. Yeah. The fact that it made my parents, you know, made them feel bad that this is all we could get you. Like, this is all I need. Yeah. Like, I don't even need this. Just the fact, like anything I am happy with, like even I don't need gifts, just the gesture that somebody mm-hmm. would like, take the time to do anything for me is enough and i think yeah like, people I get too wrapped up in and like expecting like all these like expensive yeah things and- i i've told people before like it, you know i have some people who just like give me like a a little gift card or something like cost like obviously for like a handful of dollars that means a lot to me that you thought enough to go out of your way to do something for me like that's cool for me like thank you so much and don't get me wrong i like doing things for others too i mean i, I like knowing that i i'm able to buy things for my family my friends and stuff like that but um i i don't expect anything return it's just not me i, I, don't, I don't need anything I'm, I'm happy with where i'm at and if i do want something i'll go out and get it for myself eventually whenever i feel the time is right but you know but i i think i mean i'm happy about christmas with regards to like being with family and stuff or the holidays with family but uh other than that i just all this like superficial shit i don't really need it I'm, I'm you're just, not like you don't need an excuse to spend extra time with your family or to do special things for the people around you because you can just do them any other I do day. it anytime like if you if you only do that a few days a year then that's something wrong for you i mean like there have been times when like i see something that i think you'll like and i'll buy it for you and be like oh dude i got yeah. this for you like i thought you would like this and just because you know, and I, I don't, I don't hold it on. I don't hold on to it for months until December, you know, twenty fifth. Be like, oh, here, dude, I, I right. bought this for you back in July. <laughs> it only cost me thirteen dollars, but I felt I needed to wait till Christmas to give it to you. Like, come on. Um, I know, 
for some people, Christmas can be uh, can be a lonely time. I know for myself, sometimes I feel like that. And uh, I know I have friends that feel like that. And, uh, you know, for anybody listening to this that might feel that way, I mean, um, you can try to make the best out of it. Because I know some of my favorite Christmas memories were like of our band we would just go to pizza hut every year yeah for that, some was, reason. that was a tradition um like i was excited about christmas because i knew that we were gonna hang out christmas evening and pizza hut would be the only place open so we'd all like meet up at my house and then go over there afterwards and then just chill at my house yeah and an I, I unofficial looked, tradition yeah and then like there was a couple times that we went to ben's house ben is chino and Rolly's brother we went and hung out with him at his house like either on Thanksgiving evening or Christmas evening or like January, like New Year's or whatever. Like there was always, I always knew I was going to hang out with my buds that night. And it was going to be cool. Yeah. Those were good times, man. I remember, I miss those days. Yeah, man. Um, so you really just, you want to make the best out of it, whatever situation you're in. Um, every day can be Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about something that's kind of been uh, a controversy in the metal rock scene. And I figured this is the best time to address it. Something that I saw like metal people getting up in arms about, which is always funny because I feel like metal bros are constantly getting offended by something. (laughs) And (laughs) the controversy being... uh, it's a clip that's gone viral of uh, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, uh, some comments he made on a podcast called Rock This that you can find on Spotify. I actually just showed this to Nick, uh, the isolated clip of uh, what he said. And basically, he was addressing the state of rock. And he shared a story about playing... Warp Tour, and he'd see these other bands wearing these comfortable tennis shoes, <laughs> and he he just went on this rant about fuck your comfortable ass shoes and uh, stop being comfortable. Rock is not about being comfortable. Rock is supposed to be dangerous. Rock is supposed to be um, raw and gritty. Mm-hmm. And he was tired of seeing all these bands. Uh, looking like they just showed up off the street. And it's an image thing. He was telling people, like, you look stupid. Like, I want to see a show. Like, wear some Doc Martens, wear some Chucks. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not about you. It's about the show. And this clip set off a bunch of people, like, in the Twitterverse and stuff like that. And, like, a lot of metal bros, when they hear these things, they get so upset and i don't understand why because when i heard this i was like yeah he's right no i agree with him um nothing he said i really disagreed with it but i get it like when you when you you have somebody who's outside of the world that you're in when you're a metal kid and then a guy like machine gun kelly enters your realm (laughs) and tells you these things you get offended but when you take a step back He's not wrong, and I, and in I, my opinion. That and I think that's why uh, his take is very polarizing because people that listen to metal, I feel like they're kind of gatekeepers in a way. They don't like for outsiders to uh, get involved in their genre because as, listening to metal, it's we it's for the disenfranchised, right? It's for the the outcasts. Like we are our own subsect of a community and it's us versus the world so Mm -hmm. like all that pop hip-hop stuff like that's not for us like we're just about metal but i feel like this generation has bred a lot of people that are open to all these styles of different music Mm -hmm. so that's why you have people like a machine gun kelly that can do the hip-hop stuff but then they want to do the rock stuff or or the pop punk stuff to be more specific because the album that he released i think I believe it's a ticket to tickets to my downfall right that's the album he released this year um that's kind of a, a throwback to like the pop punk emo style of like 
the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I listened to this because that's the other thing, right? Is that this clip went viral. But if you just listen to this clip isolated, I can see why people would think that he's arrogant or he's kind of a douchebag. But a lot of times when people react to these things, they're not listening to the whole thing for full context. So what did I do? I listened to the whole interview. And that's such a small part of the interview of what he was talking about. Like, really, what he's saying is it's up to us to cultivate interest in rock and metal, which is something that has been lacking for decades. Yeah, it has. And, um, I mean... It's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've been to several warp tours in the past, and it's hot as fuck outside, and so you want to be comfortable. But at the same time, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there and play devil's advocate a bit. I went to several Ozfests back in the day, back when you had bands who were you know who looked like fucking metal and rock stars, not not even just on the main stage, but on the side stages. So, I mean, these are guys who would go up there dressed the part. I mean, they knew it was a show. They knew, I have 30 minutes. I need to win these people. And so, that's what you do. You you do what you have to for the show. And so, I, I get what he's saying. Two now, bands that come to mind when you mention Ozfest, Slipknot, and Cradle of Filth. Yeah. Dude, Cradle of Filth headline 2003, the second stage. You think those fucking guys wanted to walk around wearing what they what they had to? I mean, of course they would wear it before they went on, and then they took it off, and then went back into normal clothes. They like, weren't in they shorts weren't, and a tank top. Yeah, they they weren't wearing New Balance shoes. You know, on their on. How am I gonna believe this guy who's talking to me about this guy who's singing? You know, fucking Dusk and her embrace, wearing New Balance. Like, how am I gonna believe this guy? You know what I mean? So, it's you know, I, I just remember seeing bands like that. I remember seeing Mudvayne. Uh, in Ozfest 2001, Motor Grader in 2003, even some of the, like the other just straight up new metal bands who would put on. Obviously, they were stage clothes, but they did it because they had to look the part. I mean, I get it; it's for the show. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I mean that's what I like. Some people, you know, some people aren't don't care about that, and I get I, it. I mean, but I at, do. Look at a band like Mudvayne. Their initial release, they had the paint. And when they lost all of that, they kind of lost some of their mystique. But also at the same time, even when they did drop like the face paint, they always had at least a metal type look or something that you would expect oh, yeah. from a metal band. Mm-hmm. So it's it, they didn't completely lose no, they didn't com- their, their, their mystique. And I think the, the problem that a lot of metal bros, when they hear this, is... is they want it to be just about the music. They want you to get interest over the music. And and I agree to a certain extent. Like, we all want to be validated just from our music. You know, even, even us as a band. Like, I want the music to speak for itself. But I know how important it is that when we play these songs live and when we present ourselves in a certain way that what are we doing to make people interested in us to people to want to listen to our band and to want to come see us at a show Mm -hmm. and that's what so many bands don't understand it's like one of the one of the quotes that that mgk said in this interview is he he talked about how there can be a kid out there or a band and they can write some of the best songs you've ever heard or they're a much better guitar player than than I am or he is or much better player but what are they doing to get people interested in hearing the stuff that they've created in a lot of cases nothing it's the same people like that's why people are so bitter when outsiders come into their world like you know the MGKs of the world or like hip hop artists come into their world and want to play in their sandbox Mm -hmm. and what they don't realize is in in a lot of cases some of those artists are doing more for the genre than the bands in the genre yeah i agree because if you're constantly a gatekeeper of metal and rock 
you're doing a disservice to these bands because they can never achieve a level of success greater than what they have because you you want to put them in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, two bands, maybe three bands that come to mind. Um, Emotionless and White, and In This Moment, and even A Ghost. Mm-hmm. These are all bands that invest whatever... I'll throw a fourth one in. Uh, Code Orange, mm-hmm. if we want to be more modern. These are bands that whatever money they make, they put it back into their band. So they're investing in props or lights or the, for their stage show. And they know that they need to be perceived as larger than life. They need mm-hmm. to put it back into their band. Yeah, it needs to happen. When you think of hard rock and metal right now, there's not a lot of headliners. There's a handful of bands that can sell out arenas. And some of those bands have been around for almost 30 years. I mean, Metallica is always going to be able to sell out arenas. Uh, Not to cut you off, but... um, So, the MGK thing, the top two selling number one rock albums of this year, the only two rock albums, I believe, was his album. Mm -hmm. And the other one is ACDC. Yeah. So so let that sink in. A guy who's not even this is not even his world and he he's he's on the charts. Now I am I a huge fan of MGK's music? Not really. I mean I, I, I haven't listened to a lot of it. But you actually did see him. He opened up for Limp Biscuit. I saw him yeah, I saw him open up for Limp Biscuit before like he went into this the rock when he was doing more hip hop stuff. And that probably would have been Two thousand thirteen. The first time that you maybe even heard of yeah, him. Yeah, I had never really listened to him before, but the crowd loved him. And you know what? I, I wasn't like too into his music, but he was entertaining. He put on a good show. I, I've seen I've seen videos of him where he's he's jumping around. Yeah, he's, he gets into it. I mean, that's what I want to see. I mean, so even if I wasn't into the music, I was entertained by the show. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really knock a lot of the things he said, but, but going back to what you were saying about those three bands, uh, four bands, um, as far as bands who are investing in their time into the props, into the stage show that needs to happen. We need more headliners in our world. We, I'm sorry, but I mean, yeah, it's cool to see b- bands we love in small venues, more intimate, but watching a band that you saw at a small venue and then see them in a, like, for instance, like, I saw, the first time I saw a Ghost was on the Meliora tour in, in Oklahoma, in a small little room, probably the size of a Knights of Columbus Hall, you know what I mean? And then just a couple years after that, they're opening up for Iron Maiden at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. That's big news for a band. We should be we should be happy for these bands trying to invest in their stage show, become their own headliners, and now look, like, Ghost was doing arenas and stuff like that around the world, and we need more headliners. We need to, we need, we need these bands, they want to be taken seriously. We, I mean, why, when, one day Metallica is going to be gone. And who's going to be left? Avenged Sevenfold and Five Finger Death Punch? I, I hate to be, I hate to be, it's, it's, it's ironic, but I hate to be the old timer who talks about my day, right? But uh, our generation of bands, you could list all these bands and you have all these larger than life personalities that they're all headliners. And this was the late 90s, early 2000s. Now, when you think of the 2000s, if we want to go like late 90s, I mean, Slipknot, Mudvayne, Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson, uh, Korn, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, these are all top level names. Now, when you think about the 2000s, who are the big rock bands that you can look to and be like you know these are headliners Avenged sevenfold five finger death punch that's it i mean i'm you, drawing you, a blank like you, you i can't have, think I mean, of anything you, you off have the top bands of my head. like the three days graces but those were guys who were opening up for these other bands i mean didn't like three days grace open up for disturbed and like bands like that like for the last couple of years i mean even bands like like a Disturbed or a Corn, like these are headliners now, but they've been around they've for been 20 around. years, so yeah. that really doesn't count. Like, who are the newer bands that have uh, reached uh, this high level of success in the last 10 years? I mean, you can say you can say Ghost in this moment and stuff like that, 
But these are bands who have been around for more than 10 years, actually. Just and, about. And thinking about a band like Ghost, and I remember you were really into Ghost, and you tried to get me into them for the longest time. And for the longest time, it I wasn't interested because the first thing that I saw was their look. And that drew my attention. I was like, oh, these guys look so evil. Like, I love this. This is, I love the the presentation. But then when I would listen to the music, it didn't match what my perception of what they look like. And that was a big disconnect for me. But then once I actually gave it a chance and, and realized, you know, like this is a throwback to, you know, music of, you know, like decades ago, you know, mm-hmm. almost like a Black Sabbath type sound, you mm-hmm. know, once I and also too once I understood that they have a storyline, right, they they have this, you know, they're this satanic rock band that's trying to take over the world through their music (laughs) it's very tongue-in-cheek like if from an outsider's perspective they see like you know this evil looking band but the on the surface level but once you get into it oh you realize like oh it's kind of a shtick it's it's a gimmick yeah that's exactly what it is and it's tongue-in-cheek and it's kind of funny but they've invested all this time in crafting a storyline for the band. How many bands are doing that? Like, to build interest, aside from the music, the music doesn't always speak for itself. You want it to. You want the the songs to back up the band, but what else are you doing on top of that? Mm -hmm. And that's a band that they do these little cinematic videos. They're building up storylines. They change up their look every album cycle. Yeah. That's cool as fuck. Like, who's putting in the effort to do these things more bands should be doing this so when he says stuff like you know you're all in your comfortable ass shoes i get it you know we want the music to speak for itself and in some cases right bands let's take a look at like a band like the acacia strain it's very bare bones uh minimalist like no gimmicks needed Mm mm-hmm and that's that's a part of their charm. You see Vincent, he's just... What is he rocking? Like shorts and, shorts, and tennis shoes. And a, and a cap, yeah. And that's part of the charm because it's... it's We're not doing all that extra stuff. Yeah. Some bands can get away Some with that. Some bands can get away with that. But, I mean, when you're the Acacia Strain, you're one of the heaviest bands of the world, you know? I mean, you can do that. But when you're... I don't know... How does that differentiate from the... All the hundreds of bands like that. Yeah. I mean, let's, but also. Your uh, band is not the Acacia Strain. Yeah. And Acacia Strain has also been around for a minute. I mean, so. And Acacia Strain is still doing it better than a lot of newer bands who are coming out. I mean, in fact, there's a very, like, probably few newer bands in that, in that genre that are just really killing it. And, and I, and I don't mean that to be rude, but I mean, so many bands kind of sound the same. And people probably accuse us of that to some degree, too, and which inspires us to some degree to try to differ. But, I mean, I do agree a lot with what he said, and I think the people that were talking shit about what he said probably should go back and listen to the whole thing because I do think that it was somewhat taken out of context. Which they won't because it's so easy. It's, easy to, it's, it's so much easier to shit on people than it is to actually listen to what they had to say in, in full and maybe look at it from their perspective. Everybody's so reactionary nowadays. You get bent out of shape because of this 30-second clip that you heard, and you're not going to take the time to actually listen to what he was talking about because you already made up your mind about this person before you heard this. And you're not opening up to the idea that Maybe what this person is saying has a level of validity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we're thinking of newer bands, is there any band that comes to mind that has like thought outside of the box when it comes to getting people invested in their band? I think one band that did, and then they just kind of fell off the face of the earth, and it's unfortunate, is Sworn In. Oh yeah, no, that's that's very very true. 
because if you think about when that band came out, think of all the copycat clones that came after that band. Yeah, people probably couldn't call us copycat clones, and that's okay because Sworn In, in a way, was doing things that no other band was doing and said, hey, um, we're doing this because we think it's cool. And they backed it up with good songwriting. There was a product. People were about it. Myself included. I was excited. That was the first band that I heard in years that I was finally excited about metal or newer metal again. And the the Death Card is still such a good album. So, I mean, bands like that did it, and it worked, and then they kind of got rid of it. You know, most of those bands, you know, even, even Mudvayne and those bands kind of did the same thing. But I think they had a product, and you know maybe they could have kept it going. And then, of course, Motionless and White's been doing it for a while. So I mean, you know, it is what it is. The, those are two bands where even like metal elitists would probably shit on them because of their look, right? Like a band like Sworn In is taking elements from a band like My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Or or a band like Motionless White is taking elements from Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. What's what's old is new again. They were smart enough to present that and in a new way. And the thing about those bands is they're bringing a new wave of fans. They're regenerating the metal audience, which is something that a lot of these bands do not do anymore. Like when when you're listening to metal you know you're in your late teens early 20s and then guess what happens you grow up you start families you get a job you go to school you have all these other responsibilities and you stop going to shows you stop listening to to music so what did you do to build that fan base up again because you cannot depend that those people that listened to you at the time are still going to be with you 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of bands struggle with. They're not doing anything to create new fans. Uh, that I actually took the time to listen to the MGK album. And my first impression is like, this is not for me. This is not made for me. I wasn't into those, you know... 2005 uh emo pop punk bands Mm -hmm. that was never my thing but i know that a lot of those people that listen to those bands guess what they're in their late 20s now so an album like that is going to be hitting on nostalgia it's going to take them back to when they were in high school so that's going to hit for them and guess what else it's going to do it's going to interest people in their teen early 20s now that are looking for something new to to listen to that's going to bring them to the genre and make them check out you know bands and you know other rock bands or maybe even some metal bands like um he he's bringing you know bands like that that dabble in other genres and we saw it with um we see it with bring me the horizon right Mm mm-hmm that's a band that gets features from all these different artists in different uh, pop artists, top 40 artists, you know, whether it's like bringing in like uh, a Halsey or like a Grimes to be featured on their tracks. Like they're doing more for the genre than some of the other bands, because now the person that's listening to Halsey is going to check out Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. Or is going to check out MGK. And now they're going to check out, these other bands yeah i mean i'm totally cool with some of these crossovers not that these bands need my blessing but i mean <laughs> I, I anything you know don't get me wrong we used to be these metal elitists too we were like no this is metal we got to keep it metal bro but it's like it's not about that it's what's gonna help the bands i love be able to make money to keep going no band wants to keep you know, no band who's been around for 15, 20 plus years wants to be playing small clubs. You know, especially some of these bands who used to be on these big tours back in the day, like shows that we used to go to in like the early 2000s, late 90s. Some of these bands who were opening up, like bands like Orgy, when they would like tour with like Corn and Limp Biscuit. Now it's like, fuck, like 
orgy will play like a room that's probably the size of my house. And it's like, it's, it's sad. I mean, it, it, there's so many good bands that have been around for so long that they got their 15 minutes of fame and then, you know, it just kind of fell to the wayside. And I, we need to find ways, I think, in metal and hard rock to keep, even bands I don't like, need to keep them relevant because um, if we just start knocking off bands, before you know, there's not going to be anybody left. Because, you know, even a band that I don't like, like hard rock bands, still might bring out cool bands to open up for them. And they need, they need some of these bands need introductions to a, a bigger crowd. So anything that's going to help the hard rock and metal world, I'm game for. So, I mean, that's just where I stand. I feel like metal fans are probably the most fickle fans of any genre because I feel like these things that we're saying, I don't know how much of that exists like in the pop world or like the hip hop world or country world. Well, I think the thing about the pop world is that you have fans who are constantly coming in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out because, oh, you know, you have a Britney Spears and then when when she's not cutting it, you have somebody else lined up right after that. Now that's going to take a her Lady spot. Gaga. Yeah, that's how it goes. And or so now you got a Taylor and, Swift. And these are people. You know, a lot of these people are just casual fans. They, you know, they listen to what's popular on the radio, and that that's it. I mean, they don't take the time like like a lot of hard rock and metal fans do, going in researching these bands, reading the liner notes, what bands are they thinking, or who they're influenced by, so I can go. You know, people aren't doing that in the pop world. And if they are, it's a very small community who is. So it's easy in pop because, and it, plus when you have like hit songwriters who are writing the songs for you, I mean, they're going to constantly pick the next person to give the song to. I mean, as long as you look the part, oh, that's a pretty white blonde girl. I wrote this song, sing it. As long as you have that, you're, you know, you're good to go. And and I get, I get like, that's, that's what people metal rock don't like they want the authenticity of it like they they get riled up because you know they care more right they they care about this music and and they want it to it's it's our music and this is how we interact with each other this is this is for us by us like i totally get that but from an objective point of view like but even even in the metal brotherhood, <laughs> I mean, it's different now than what it was years ago, man. I mean, back like in the new metal days, everybody kind of liked the same bands, and um, a lot of those people would go to like the Ozfest and Family Values shows and stuff like that. And even bands who had been around for a minute, you know, like let's let's use Tattoo the Earth for as an example. So, I mean, people were upset because Slayer played before Slipknot. But that introduced a lot of newer fans to Slayer who had never really heard them. And then Slayer, like the next, after that, boom, became just as big, and if not even bigger. That helped. And what happened? You had this cool mixture of like young people and old people liking a lot of the same music. So you'd go to these festivals or these badass shows, and everybody was so cool. Everybody was just so thrilled to be there. And then you go to shows now, or metal shows now, or hard rock shows, and they don't have the same feel like they used to. That's why it's like so cool. Like if you wear like a an old band shirt, you know, and somebody comes up to you to talk to you. Oh, I haven't heard that band in years. You're at a random show. You start talking to somebody. But a lot of people don't remember those badass shows that happened back in the day or those badass bands. So even like the metal, like the newer like community, I feel of 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 metal and hard rock isn't the same as what it used to be. Nowadays, it's how obscure can i get with like my band shirt or like the bands i like like oh. i need to be more obscure than you yeah it's like oh i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go watch i don't know <sighs> i'm trying to think of just like some band that does not fit this profile <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna go watch i don't know fucking <sighs> give me just like some like soft alternative rock <laughs> metal band can you think of anybody I I'm, I'm losing it man i don't know i'm gonna go I, if lincoln park were still around you know like i'm gonna go watch lincoln park and you're wearing like 
a fucking death t-shirt or just to prove how, just to hard, prove you how hard you are it's like dude you're wearing that shirt to a Lincoln Park show? Like, that's stupid. <laughs> it's, it's not everything has like, to be a pissing contest. Like, you're like, not cool, you know? Like, <laughs> it's true. It's just like... Uh, I need to prove how much more metal I am than everybody here. And it's like, man, if I go to a badass, see a badass metal band, I just want to have fun, and I hope everybody else does too. <laughs> it, it's true, man, like... Again, like in these other genres, I don't think it's as fickle as it is uh, as as it is in metal. You know, I think the casual music fan right now, they're looking for something new. I think they're so disinterested from the generic formulaic music that we've been having, you know, decades and decades that they're looking for something new. Yeah. And that's why you see like a rise in, in the fandoms of like, like K-pop or even like, um, like a, like a bad bunny where mm-hmm. those are the bands that are topping the charts because it's, it's now, something new. Now we're looking at like other countries and other like languages, you know, to, to where, they're like the top charting artists because we're tired of the top 40, mm-hmm. you know, same generic hook song that we've been getting. And that's something in the metal world that maybe we don't always do because I feel like nobody's presenting anything that I haven't already heard. Right. Like, it used to be like you metal was so trendy like this is the trend now and then like maybe a year or two later now this is the trend you know now it's a down tempo beat down or now it's gent i don't know what like the big trend in metal is now or what are the bands that are that are popping off like what is what are people listening to i don't really know i don't know man and and i and i I hate to sound like an asshole but i probably wouldn't be that into it like, to be honest, and that's just me. But, I mean, you know what's cool is, like, when you have friends who are more in the, just kind of, they, they don't really know a lot of music, but they listen to whatever's on the radio. I, I have a lot of friends who, like, I would, they would come hang out to my house and come to parties and stuff. And so, I mean, they heard everything I listened to. They were hearing Stone Temple Pilots. They were hearing, you know, Blind Melon. They were, they were hearing all the 90s alternative and then as the night progressed, that's when I started putting on Gojira and Mashuga, you know, because I, I, I just introduced my friends to all these bands um, just because I could. And it's like, hey, you know, I know you don't listen to any of these bands, but you're at my house, so you have to listen to whatever I want to. And a lot of my friends would be like, oh, dude, that's a badass song. Like, you know, like I have a friend who like never heard, he had never heard Plush by Stone Temple Pilots ever in his whole life until he met me. And it's like, dude, I've known that song since I was like three years old. You know, and for a lot of like metal rock elitists, like you show them anything outside of the genre and they're not going to respond well to it. They're going to be like, this is trash. This sucks or whatever. And and by no means, I don't want this to come across as like, you know, oh, we're the old like out of touch guys, because I think a lot of like kids nowadays are so more open minded. And and you have people that listen to like metal that are going to listen to the hip hop stuff or the trap stuff or Mm -hmm. like the, um, indie stuff. That's cool. Which is great because they're the ones who are going to be driving music in the next 10 years. Like, like my cousin is probably in his early twenties. I don't know if 20, 21. So I often ask, he's very in tune with like the modern metal world. Right. So I've, I asked him recently and like, what's, what's like the new thing? Like what, what are people listening to? And he couldn't answer me because there's really nothing right now. Like nobody's really doing anything. And I actually want to give it like, uh, recognize like a modern band, like code orange. That's a band that has done a lot for the genre this year. Like they were kind of like the buzzworthy band in the last couple of years Yeah. where you hear like, you know, even like Corey Taylor's like singing their praises or like other people in, mm-hmm. in metal. Like, they're the, the up-and-coming band. But the album that they released this year, like, visually, they're doing stuff that no other band is doing. Their music videos and, like, their concepts, like, that's cool. 
But what else did they they do? They did, you know, um, a Headbangers Ball throwback with Ricky Rackman where they're producing their own little, like, MTV unplugged Mm -hmm. sets. And they're doing acoustic versions of their songs, you know? and they're Or they're doing covers that's going to gain more interest into their band. And they're doing it with their own... They're investing in themselves. They're doing it with their own money. And, like, they've even said, like, they've gone broke doing it, but they're doing it for the greater good, the bigger picture, to help promote their band. Like, if I'm any other band in the genre and I see what Code Orange is doing, like, I'd be embarrassed because I'd be like, what's stopping us from doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Like... I even feel like that myself and I'm just in a local band. I'm like, wow, they're doing all this cool shit that I wish I could do or, or we could do. Like, that's a great idea. So it takes initiative from the bands. Like, like what are, what are you all doing to set yourselves apart from the pack? And right now I, and if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. But, I mean, don't shit on somebody who's trying to think outside the box and bring more people in because we all benefit from more people coming to these shows, whether they're at a a national level or a local level. Anybody that we can get to come into... I mean, that's why I've always enjoyed, on the local scale, playing with bands who don't really sound like us, like bands like... Bands who more maybe more just hard rock or alternative. So like like I'll throw like October Roar in there because I like that band and we've played a few shows with them. Um, I like playing with bands like that because it's it's is good contrast there and you get people who probably wouldn't go see a band like us who are going to go see October Roar and maybe we win you know some of their fans maybe we don't but we tried something different because that's how what's what it comes down to. If we're just playing for the same freaking people every show, then we're really not get, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah, your band does not grow by playing with the same bands. Like even even our band where we like to keep our sound maybe a little bit in the middle like we're not the heaviest band. There's there's plenty of bands that are heavier than us in in the scene. But we can do some softer stuff or maybe some more like, you know, you could call it more mainstream sounding stuff or more more songs that are accessible to the average person where they hear that and they're like, I've never heard this band before, but I kind of like it. Where they normally wouldn't have listened to our music. Maybe some of the heavier songs, they don't really react to it. But, you know, we're kind of meet that middle ground. So we can play with the heavy bands and play with the softer bands and, and it works out. And I, and I like that. And that's kind of where I want to keep that. You know what I mean? So, um, I implore everybody listening to this to go ahead and, and check out that interview. And if you disagree with any of the things that we're saying, that's cool too. Let us know, like leave us a comment or something. If, if we can start up a, a, a conversation about this, then that's cool, man. Like we're by no means are we saying that, you know, you're wrong and we're right. But these are just our opinions. These are, yeah, these are things we like. Not everybody likes them, and that's cool. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's just at the end of the day, if you want to see metal and rock grow, you have to keep an open mind, and you can't be gatekeepers to the music. As much as we love it, and as much as we want to call it our own, we have to share it, especially in the COVID era where we see a lot of bands that are struggling Guess what? Those headliner bands are not struggling. But all your favorite smaller independent bands are struggling. And what do we do? We feel bad and we want to help them as much as we can. But also, pre-COVID, what are we doing? We're stifling their growth by wanting to keep them small and not wanting to see them succeed. So that's something to think about. Just how you treat bands or how you view bands. Right. Uh, Again... Feel free to leave us a comment. If you disagree, let's hear it. Let's let's have a conversation about it. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. We want to thank everybody who takes the time to listen to us. Next week, we're going to be doing a year-end review of 2020. Top three albums. We want to hear from you guys. What were your top three albums of 2020? What were your top you know, films or TV shows that you saw in this past year? I saw Tiger. Tiger saw man. <laughs> never forget never forget uh 
For Nick and myself, this has been The Fiends Podcast. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.